the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and talk910.com. Black and your money. Call Rob, 1-800-345-5639. Here's Rob Black on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. I dig doing this show. I appreciate doing this show. Today is Wednesday, June 30th. Whoa, second quarter is over. We are halfway through the year. Are you ready for that? 2010, basically halfway into the the record books. What do we got going forward to look at? Second half of the year is going to be a little bit tougher from an economic data perspective. The stock market in the second quarter this year took, took the quarter off. After basically having one, two, three, four straight up quarters, we took a quarter off. We took a breather. It's not alarming. It's not upsetting. It is what it is. Some people would say, hey, I'm young and beautiful. It looks like a discount to me. Some people would say, it looks like the beginning of the end to me. So uh, we got a tropical storm that's turning into a hurricane in the Gulf. That's going to affect oil prices and natural gas prices. It's going to affect tourism in Mexico and Texas. It will have some sort of play on the oil spill. Uh, Some people think hurricanes are going to be good for the oil spill, in large part because it'll help disperse the oil. Some people think it'll be bad because it will help disperse the oil. So you get the idea. There's no right answers. There's just compromises. Let's talk about what we're seeing out there today. First and foremost, we have an up day. Dow up 7. NASDAQ up 11. S&P 500 up 3. So the markets have opened on a positive territory. Good feel after yesterday basically taking a crapper. Now, representatives from Long Island today. The New York Youth Mentoring Program rang the bell. I know you're saying, I can hear that. It's still kind of a, a nice tradition, the ringing of the bell. Now, Long Island Youth Mentoring is visiting New York Stock Exchange, so one day I'd like to ring the bell. I think that'd be kind of a cool thing for me. I want to throw out a pitch either at the A's game or the Giants game. So if anyone can make that happen, I will do it. I will promote it. I will throw a perfect strike. Um, Want to ring the bell. Want to throw out a pitch at a baseball game. I know aiming for the Giants is high, so probably I should set my expectations maybe on the San Jose Giants or the Oakland A's. Um, but anyway, if anyone can make that happen for me, let's set me up and let's do it. Cause that sounds like fun to me. Uh, taking a look at the overall market today, billions in bank fees and taxes were removed from the financial regulation bill. That's a big story. Banks in Europe show subdued response. The ECB debt offer. Look, Greece is going down the toilet. Their debt is too problematic and we're just delaying the inedible. I, I, you know, I used to love Mike Tyson cause he would say things like he'd say delicious. He go malicious. These cookies are malicious. He couldn't say it. Indebtable. Indebtable. These cookies are indebtable. So anyway, um, what was I trying to say? It's inevitable. Greece is going to fail. So um, 
their debt's going to fail or just putting a Band-Aid on it. And ultimately, uh, I'm underweighting Europe until Greece gets its situation remedied. I'm underweighting. I see no reason to accumulate at a high price. I think Europe is at a high price at this point in time. So President Obama, he's traveling to Wisconsin today, the cheese state, to try to bolster American confidence in the economy. But he may have his work cut out for him. The economy is strengthening. That was the conclusion the president reached after a meeting yesterday with Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke. The president pointing to recent job growth. We have gone from uh, losing 750,000 jobs per month to uh, five months of job growth now. But Americans don't seem to agree. Consumer confidence dropped nearly 10 points in May, and the Dow dropped more than 250 points yesterday. Today, the president takes his message to Racine, Wisconsin, to encourage people in a state that backed his presidency to give the recovery a little more time. At the White House, Mike Makowitz, Fox News Radio. Tick, 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 tick. We're moving close to the November elections. Time for the economy to recover. Starting to run out for the Democrats. Uh, again, I'm neither Republican nor Democrat. I kind of hate them both. I believe in less government. That does not make me a libertarian because I think the people who represent the libertarian party are kind of wackos. Um, so I'm kind of neither. I'm kind of gridlock, if you know what I'm saying. So next up today, in the world of money, the House and Senate negotiators tasked with merging two financial regulatory bills. They had to make one more tweak today. This comes after a marathon's 20-hour all-night session last week. The House plans to approve the bill today. Fox News Radio's Chad Pergram reports from Capitol Hill. If we have another crisis, and we will, we'll have another uh, market meltdown. I mean, they come every five or ten years. Uh, The next one, we might find ourselves with the government uh, basically operating some of our biggest financial companies. That's one step away from government uh, control and ownership of of, uh, our large financial companies. Holy mackerel. So basically what you're talking about is the financial companies just skipped out to the tune of $17 billion in taxes, $19 billion in taxes. Excuse me. What's a $2 billion here and there between friends, right? So that's a big win today for the financial companies. And it tells you one of the companies, one of the sectors that may do well for the rest of the year are financials. Because a couple days ago, we thought they were going to be hit with $19 billion in taxes. Now that's going to be all profit for them. Or it's not going to be taxed if you get where I'm going at. Taking a look at the quarterly results. Um, hold on, let me make sure I got this right. Let's do the year to date. Um, utilities are down 7%. Transports are, transports are up 2%. Banking's up 8% for the year. Healthcare down 7%. Retail's down 1%. Um, what's what's interesting to know about this, I think the financials have more upside now. Again, just a little silly thing like that. And again, strike in Greece. Hey, I don't want anything to do with Europe. $19 billion avoided in taxes, eh, I see some upside in banks. So that's how I'm playing this market at this point in time. Now, two transit unions in Greece, they went on strike on Tuesday, making the second strike this week. Tourists who are hoping to travel by sea, they're now unable to do so, as American tourist Danny Timby learned when attempting to board an island-bound passenger ferry. We were thinking that we would have smooth sailing, and we were thinking that uh, the economy would like our travel dollars. We figured they would like our money, and we were doing a favor by spending it here. <laughs> so we were, we were not thinking we would get caught up in a strike. It's bad luck. Silly American. That's what you get for thinking. Ship workers are lashing out against the government's recently announced financial reform, saying such changes could lead to major job losses throughout the industry. Greece has got problems, and they're going to fail. Their debt is going to fail. They've got too much that they have to cut. Are they a microchasm? 
of the United States? No. No, it's not even close. Their debt, our debt, their economy, our economy. Comparing the two would be like comparing, you know, a one-year-old child to LeBron James. It's just not a fair comparison in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, they're both humans. And other than that, that's about as far as you get with the comparisons between Greece and California or Greece and the United States. So I throw that out there, though, because when you're hearing the the, the, the strike, it's telling you Wall Street's got something to you know figure out. And again, you may not be hearing it because you live in your world. You live in your 10 o'clock news world that's not going to cover a strike in Greece. Keep in mind in France, because they got deficit problems, they recently raised the retirement year age two years. In, in Spain, they basically made it easier for companies to fire employees, both union and non-union. So Europe is going through some, some growing pains. And uh, basically, the world does not agree right now on how we solve our problems. Do you cut spending or do you increase spending? And the ramifications are, are basically 180 degrees apart from one another. So will we get through this? Yes. Will we survive? Yes. Should we panic and cry and, and get in the fetal position? No. So I think the big story of the day, financially speaking, is that in order to get those 60 votes for the financial regulatory approval, the reform bill through the Senate, they took out $19 billion in bank and hedge fund taxes. So I think that makes the big banks more attractive. Just that kind of simple. Now, after one of the biggest one-day sell-offs in a year, you know, we rebounded today. We're right near a 50-day move in average, technically. The move, will it be short-lived? We're at the end of the quarter. There's a lot of volatility. Is this volatility in the market or is this a downward movement? So today we saw the ADP National Employment Report, a measure of private employment. It came in up 13,000. So we added 13,000 private sector jobs. But that's below the 61,000 consensus expectation. And the prior reading was for 57,000. So now one bad report doesn't, you know, paint a whole quarter or a whole month wrong, we're going to look at Friday's employment report. That's going to be right around the corner, and that will tie into the employment, you know, numbers up or down. Unemployment's a problem, and it ain't going to go away least, at least. Rob Black will stop saying unemployment's a problem maybe in 2011, likely in 2012. So likely, and again, that may even get stretched out based on economic situations and how they play out and or don't. So we got European debt crisis still in the picture. We got employment still in the picture. We got China curbing growth still in the picture. So there's a, a little bit risk aversion. You've seen bonds recently rally as money's leaving stocks and going into bonds. Um, let's see. Uh, Monsanto, they're a big seed company. They reported earnings better than expected, but a 6% drop in revenue. General Mills, a big cereal company. They issued downside earnings per share guidance, but they re- raised their dividends. There's some positives and negatives. Celgene is buying a company called Abraxis for $2.9 billion in cash, which tells you, you know, look at the mergers and acquisitions. Some companies find value in other companies. Now, unfortunately, Celgene is a biotech company, and it's tough to value value in biotech companies. Boeing announced it's acquiring a company called Argonne, trying to, you know, complete their modules for what they do as far as building aerospace and defense projects. So that's, you know, that's the big story right now. Um, If you want to talk about other big stories, we certainly can. Do we think it's a market correction? Do we think it's a market drop? Do we think this is a double dip recession? What sectors are better than other sectors? Anything you want to talk about, I am here for you financially. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Kristen Stewart, Conan O'Brien, Lady Gaga, Robert Pattison, 
Oprah Winfrey. We're going to be talking wealth right around the corner. Rob Black and your money, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. This is Rob Black and your money on 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. And now, Rob Black. So I've got a group page at Facebook called I Hate Rob Black. Armstrong and Getty has a Facebook page called Armstrong and Getty Radio Show. For some reason, I thought it would be funny if I called my group page I Hate Rob Black. I think it, it transcends both radio and television that I work, that I do, as well as podcast and video casting that I'm getting into. Um, and it's funny. It's kind of like a, a poke yourself, uh, get a lot, get kind of like the common guy thing going. And you can put posts up there, and I'm going to pay more and more attention to this because, quite honestly, I'm 10 minutes away from being fired at this station. When I do, I want to take you with me. And one way that I could take you with me is my group page at I Hate Rob Black. Um, so don't be shy. Don't be shy. Um, you know, jump online and go to Facebook and, and put up a post. For instance, Julie just posted, good morning, Rob and Heidi. That's very sweet, but eh, I'm looking for some financial posts. So um, another post comes in from Chad, says, love what you do for us. I heard on your podcast today that you might be retiring. Say it ain't so. Could you please go over a general guideline for what you should have saved in your retirement account for landmark ages 30, 40, 50, 60? I think by 60, you want to have everything that you're going to need, first and foremost. So whatever you're going to need is based on your budget, Chad. So if you're going to live off $40,000 a year plus $20,000 in Social Security, you're going to be taxed down to about $50,000. Your, your Medicare Medicaid will be about $10,000. So can you live off $40,000 a year? So that's a little bit more than you know $3,000 a month. Uh, there's some sales tax in there, so don't forget about that. There's inflation in there, so don't forget about that. So I say most people are going to need a minimum of $1 million liquid or a pension. So firefighters and teachers, they don't need a million liquid. They've got a pension that may cover $60,000 of their, their salaries. They already got over a million invested in quote-unquote a nest egg. So it, it, most people are going to need about a million. Married couples are going to need a little bit more. And depending on, you know, is the house paid for or not, do you want to live big or not? So you want to get to at least a million by age 60. Now, by age 30, you need to have somewhere between 10 and 40. Thousand. You don't hit those levels. You're basically going to be working until the day you die. Or you better start getting ramping up your wealth in your 40s. By age 40, you want somewhere between 40 and $100,000 in your nest egg. So those are the numbers. So you too can be like Chad and post at Facebook group, I Hate Rob Black. Now, one of the big stories that came out yesterday was the Forbes wealthiest celebrities. And I love Forbes. A, because I love lists. B, because I think these lists can teach us something. Now, in this case, not so much. This will teach us to laugh at ourselves a little bit. But like, for instance, they've got a Forbes 100 wealthiest people on the planet, 100 wealthiest Americans. And when you take a look at these lists, what you're going to see is that money's not made from day trading. Money's not made from, you know, general investing. You can get wealthy off general investing. Wealthy is a million dollars, but true money is from inheriting it, working in oil, starting a business, real estate tycoons, of which Donald Trump's not one. So that's where the real money is, and it teaches you how to get wealthy. Start a business, be an entrepreneur, you know, and inherit it wisely. But even if you're poor, and let's say a million dollars is poor compared to a billionaire, it's telling you, make sure your, your will sets up properly, because Paris Hilton wouldn't be Paris Hilton if her mommy and daddy didn't figure out, or her granddaddy and grandmommy didn't figure out a good trust to set it up in. 
Do you get the idea where I'm going out with this? It's the world's most powerful celebrities. These are pantless pop stars. These are late night warriors. These are sexy vampires. And they, you know, last year we got some new ones like Lady Gaga and Conan O'Brien and Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson cracking that hundred most powerful. Now I saw Kristen Stewart the other night on Dave Letterman. And I, I think I'm a lot like Dave Letterman. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't think she's sexy. I don't think she's funny. I don't think she's a good actress. To me, she's just basically obnoxious. And that's telling me that I'm getting older. So there's some impressive debuts on the list, like Lady Gaga hit number four on the list. Oprah Winfrey's, you know, pretty strong. But there's also some big losers, like Angelina Jolie, last year, number one on the list. She drops to 18. Now, talk show chalked up, you know, big winners this year. You know, self-made billionaires are out there as well. So let's talk a little bit about this top 10 list. And let's take a look at it uh, from, from top 10 down to number one. And again, it shows you some things. Sometimes the more things change, the more they stay the same. Sometimes the more things change, the more they change. Now, Madonna is number one on the list. First concert I ever went to with a girl was Madonna. She comes in at powerful number 10. Her pay last year, 58 million buckaroos. That's not too shabby, huh? Now, this power ranking that they do with Forbes, it also says, like, number four on web searches, and her press is number three. Material girl not quite ready to seat her spot in the top ten. But Lady Gaga and Britney Spears took her. Now, Madonna's a 52-year-old singer. 52! She had the fourth highest grossing tour of 2009. She brought in $6 million a night, $138 million overall. She decided, hey, let's put my name out on Glee. Next thing you know, those kids from Glee were singing several of her songs, pushing her royalty higher, pushing her profile higher. Um, Kids on Glee, they can make pop music, and uh, that's good for some old retiring stars, so to speak, Uh, or some aging stars. Notice Coldplay said, hey, Glee, you can't use our music in season one. In season two, Coldplay is like, please use our music. Number nine on the list of Forbes' most 10 powerful celebrities would be Johnny Depp. Now, he made $75 million in pay last year. Depp zooms close to the top of the list this year, thanks in large part to his work as the Mad Hatter. Tim Burton's 3D update of Alice in Wonderland. I saw it. I don't know if you agree or disagree. I just thought it was odd. A little surreal, incredibly beautiful, not very entertaining. Now, that Disney grossed, that Disney film grossed over $1 billion, making Depp the only actor to headline two $1 billion films. Depp also landed a big upfront payday for The Tourist, co-starring Angelina Jolie. The film is a rare case these days of how two big stars are getting big bucks. So, um, he's bankable. And for the record, Johnny Depp, good-looking man. And I've kind of liked the way he's played Hollywood. And don't you agree with me? He's played Hollywood in some levels. Number eight on the list of Forbes' 10 most powerful celebrities. Oh, this is one I don't get. Do you? Sandra Buttock. Okay. Her name's not Sandra Buttock. It's Sandra Bullock. She made $56 million last year. She had two hit movies, The Proposal and The Blind Side. She won an Oscar. She got a divorce. 
Bullock has been sitting on top of the world financially. $56 million. She's the highest earning actress. Messy breakup with husband Jesse James turned into tabloid fodder. That'll only make her stronger. She overcame adversity with the news of an adoption and a public return at the MTV Music Awards last year. The top 10 most powerful people, according to Forbes. Number, let's see, we just did 10, 9, and 8. So Madonna, Johnny Depp, and Sandra Bullock. Number 7 on the list. Whenever I hear the song, I kind of almost want to wait for that that zoom. I know you're saying, Rob, you like cheesy hooks in music, don't you? I do, I do, I do. So they pulled in $130 million. Their concert pulled in $311 million. Each tour stopped $10 million in gross ticket sales. Huge merchandise sales, heavy radio play. They've got a back catalog that goes back 30 years now. Highest earning band on the planet, and that would be U2, number seven on the list. If you were to go to number six on the list, who would you think? So far, we've got two musicians, and we've got two actors, one actress, one actress. So let's stick with the world of musicians. Surprisingly, and this is a surprise to me because I thought she was finished. I thought America had thrown her in the trash bin and laughed her off. million last year. Now, everyone had written her off as a celebrity flame out. Over the last years, Spears logged the fifth highest grossing tour in the world. Last year, her tour brought in $130 million in box office receipts. She only played 98 dates. She's got a high-profile endorsement deal with Elizabeth Arden and Candies. Again, she's going to be in the spotlight for good. She is not going away in any way, shape, or form. Number five on the list of Forbes' wealthiest, most powerful media people out there. This one hits kind of kind of interesting. The celebrity, not quite. Maybe yes, no? What do you think? I have let you down. My behavior has been a personal disappointment. My behavior has caused considerable worry to my business partners. So, Tiger Woods, number five on the list. Do you know how much he made last year? Don't you feel bad for him? Public divorce or public wrecking his car. Maybe his wife hit him with a golf club. Maybe car drunk, ambient, stupor, 20 lovers all coming out on text messages. Some of them are out on Howard Stern as which one's the hottest hoe. And it's stunning, right? So his fall from global sports icon to tabloid fodder, no one saw it coming. Accenture. AT&T, Pepsi, they all dropped him. He remains the highest paid athlete in the world thanks to huge deals with Nike, Electronic Arts, and Upper Deck. He built a $650 million golf business from scratch on basically his back. His fledgling golf course design business has been hurt, though, by the economic downturn. As all three of his courses he's worked on have experienced major delays. $105 million in revenue last year for Tiger Woods. Let's take a little bit of a break. When we come back, though, we'll go over the final five of the Forbes 10 most powerful celebrities. On top of that, right around the corner, we have Business of Sports. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Three four five five six three nine to get your calls in the air. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls on the air. 
One thing that I want to mention is in radio, you have a lot of power as a listener. Management digs feedback, both positive and negative. Sometimes I think that they're a little bit too hypersensitive to it, but you should give feedback. If you like something, give feedback to management. If you dislike something, give feedback to management. Um, And again, I put my name out there on a regular basis. How do you give feedback? Go to the webpage, talk910.com. You'll find an address. Write a letter. Write a letter. If you can't figure out an email address, write a letter. So right now I'm doing the top 10 most powerful celebrities, according to Forbes. These are interesting to me because they kind of give you a a, a pop culture feel of what's happening in the world. And I've gone through the top uh, uh, five through 10 already. So we're, we're now at number four. And number four is, I think, right on. I when you have Cartman on South Park doing a parody of you, you are pop culture. So a newcomer to the Celebrity 100 list this year is Lady Gaga. Not only did she open the door to fame, she kicked it down. And she's done it in a a fascinating way. She would just be an ugly chick with a great voice. But she's decided to, like, put pearls on her face and wear outlandish outfits and wear big hats to her sister's high school graduation. Like, she knows that everything she does has to be press. Yesterday, she said that she wants her next concert to be on stage with corpses. Quirky, yes. She grabbed YouTube by the throat and, and choked it. She's, she's hit YouTube out as a home run. She refers to her audience as freaks and monsters. And at some point in your life, you felt like a freak. Or at some point in life, you felt like a monster. So she knows what she's doing. She pulled in $31 million with 106 tour dates, grossed $95 million. She's a marketer's dream. She's teamed up with Virgin Mobile, Monster Cable, Viva Glam, Polaroid. Pulled in $62 million last year. Yay for Lady Gaga. She's at least, I will say this on the list so far, Tiger Woods is himself. But she's the, at least she's original. And she's not the same act. So at least she came out with something, well, maybe she's, maybe she's Madonna 30 years later. Okay, maybe she's thir- Madonna 30 years later. Number three on the list of Forbes' most powerful celebrities would be the one, the only, James Cameron. Now, James Cameron, he's not going to be on this list each and every year. Director of the highest grossing film of all time. He's definitely the king of the world in movies. Avatar earned $2.7 billion at the box office. And it changed the way Hollywood makes films. In the near future, almost every studio blockbuster will be released in 3D. Cameron is already at work on Avatar 2 and Avatar 3. Last year, James Cameron made $210 million. Now we're getting to the, the final top two. And these numbers are huge. $210 million in, in cash for James Cameron. That's a lot of do-re-me. But number two on the list. Most powerful slabs. Didn't make anywhere near as much money, but a little bit more powerful with the web and with the press. And she's bootylicious. It's Beyonce. One half of the most famous couple in hip-hop, Beyonce continues to expand her business empire beyond music. Her endorsement deals with companies range from Nintendo, L'Oreal. Her growing house of Darion fashion line brings in millions of dollars per year. On top of the $86 million she grossed from a 93-city tour stop worldwide, she's an icon. 
Again, she didn't make as much as James Cameron, but she's gotten to have more stain power than Mr. Cameron. And I think she, I don't want to say she single-handedly brought back the big booty, but she, she certainly has something to do with it. Speaking of big booties, let's move on to number one. Disney has decided to make a, a, a theme ride out after her. They're going to make a, a, a theme ride called Oprah Mountain. That's right, number one on the list this Thank year. You. This is um, this is certainly one of life's full circle moments for me because it's it's so true. Uh, we are all beacons. Of- and I just hate her. I just, there's nothing more that I hate than, than Oprah Winfrey. And I know you're saying, Rob, how can you hate Oprah Winfrey? Well, because basically she's done more harm to our society than good. I know you're saying, do you really think she's done more harm? Yeah, she puts out people like Jenny McCarthy who go out and say, don't immunize your kids because it might give them ADD. And all science and medicine points out the other side of it. She goes out and gets Dr. Phil who writes books on how to diet. And if you take a look at Dr. Phil, he's pudgy. So and he's really not even a doctor. He's a doctor in, like, physiology. He's not a, a doctor of psychology, and yet you would think that he is, right? So news that this coming season of Oprah Winfrey show is going to be our last has helped make the self-made billionaire garner more media attention than any other celebrity. She did hit the top of the list as far as revenue and earnings last year. Her Harpo production company spawned the careers of Dr. Phil, Rachel Ray, Dr. Oz. She's going to introduce interior designer Nate Burkus this fall. Months later, the list top earner will add lifestyle-themed Oprah Winfrey Network in partnership with Discovery Communications to her media empire. Long story short, how much did she make last year? Take a guess. $315 million. Oh. I told you, I think um, one of the early on in her career, she was doing a talk show in Baltimore. And she got great advice from Roger Ebert. She was dating Roger Ebert. Oprah Winfrey dated Roger Ebert. Like you're saying, you mean the fat movie guy? Yeah, the fat movie guy who has jaw cancer now and he's just a mess. Anyway, um, he said, syndicate your show. Own your own show and syndicate it. I own my own show here. Clear Channel owns the rights on 910 only. I can do with it whatever I want. I can market it to television. I can make a TV show out of it. I can make a movie show out of it. Um, but I'm not comparing myself to Oprah. Maybe I am, but I'm not. Maybe I am, but no, I'm not. Maybe I am, but I'm not. So Oprah basically figured out, get your own, own the own rights, distribute it yourself. So and that's something that, um, you know, Merv Griffin's, you know, wildly wealthy for doing the same kind of thing. Anyway, you get the basic idea. So time number one on the top 10 celebrity uh, power list, Oprah Winfrey. And uh, that's about it. That's, you know, all I really got to throw out at you on this. Coming up, Apple. Verizon, will they dance? Cisco, they've got a new pad coming out that's going to compete with Apple's iPad. Will it challenge? I got this and more for you. Hulu versus Netflix. We got a a big old round of of fighting coming up. Ready to rumble in the world of business, in the world of stocks. 800-345-5639. Rob Black and your money, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. It's Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online. Where can you find me online? Well, at Facebook, for one, under I Hate Rob Black. It's a group page. And uh, I was just there a couple minutes ago, and four people put posts up. I responded to all four. So if you want to put something up there, I will respond to it either on the show or at the site. 
Um, and I try to give that a little bit more value than email in large part because it's a little bit more static, uh, but it should be more of a dynamic part of the show. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Let's go to Jessica in San Jose. Jessica? Hi, Ross. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, thanks. Good. Um, I'm calling. I have a quick question uh, regarding some stocks on cloud computing. I was wondering if you have any suggestions. I think the first and foremost uh, would probably be somebody who stores data. So do you agree with that idea? Such as like a data center? Um, more like a company like an EMC, uh, more of a storage company. Okay. Um, I think there's a comp- there's four or five executives who are leaving Amazon right now, and Amazon okay. does a lot of cloud computing, and they're going to start their own company. I think that's something you're going to be wanting to pay attention to. I think you're going to want to Google cloud computing Bay Area companies or cloud computing startups and you'll get some pretty good ideas. Cloud computing is a, a paradigm shift. It's basically following the, the shift from the mainframe to the client server in the 1980s. Details are basically abstracted from the user, which who no longer has you know need for control over the infrastructure. The infrastructure goes elsewhere. So cloud computing describes you know you know a consumption or delivery method for technology. And more and more stuff is going off-site. The major service providers are Salesforce.com, ticker symbol CRM, Amazon, ticker symbol AMZN, and Google. Um, So I I would basically start there. Um, There's really not a pure play on it other than those companies that I, I gave you at this point in time. I think a company that does servers, I think a company that does network equipment like a Cisco clearly they benefit from it, but you're going to have to figure out where you're looking at. Are you looking at the application side? Are you looking at the infrastructure side? Um, But there's not a lot of publicly traded companies at this point in time that have come out as this really is a technology. I'm not going to say it's two years old because it's considerably older than that, but um, the players really haven't started showing up um, in independence. And thanks for the call. Let me throw out a couple more. Again, I think probably the easiest way to look at it would probably be EMC. Give me just a second, and thanks for the Amazon call. A good buy. I don't think I think Amazon's too much of a retail play to compare it to a cloud play. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls on the air. Um, seeing if there's anyone else right now. Um. No, I'm really not coming up with any good pure plays. Amazon, Google, that's one way to play the public infrastructure. IBM, it doesn't seem to make a good bet. They suffer from the conglomerate problem. Rackspace, I think they could be interesting from the cloud service provider angle. Obviously, they're throwing out a lot of storage. Uh, Juniper um, has done really, really well with selling the picks and shovel, as has Cisco Systems. Um you know, some small vendors out there, some of them are publicly traded, uh, Extreme Networks. There's a company called Viata. There's a company called Force 10. Um, and that's about it. That's the, the best way that I could throw out there at this point in time. So I would say storage is the right way. And the applications really haven't... I, I like Salesforce.com, and it's one of my top picks of the year. I'll stand by that. And that's probably where I should stop talking because I think I've said enough. Anyway, um, let's talk about this. Verizon today. Let's let's change topics and stay in technology, but continue to move forward. Verizon is coming out now from Bloomberg News that Verizon's going to get the iPhone in January of 2011. 
Uh, the big news for many players in the wireless business. Research in Motion, which sells BlackBerry devices through Verizon Wireless, they're going to be a big loser here. So they're trading down 6% on this news. Now, again, it's not finalized news. It's just from our sources. AT&T are down on the news. Verizon is up on the news. Apple shares are rebounding, you know, in and out of profitability today. Now, such a move by selling Apple on the Verizon network, it's going to, you know, send out a shot at Research in Motion. I don't think Research in Motion dies, but you know what? I had a pretty funny conversation about Research in Motion recently with someone. They make the BlackBerry phone. And the person said, you know, the BlackBerry phone gets a lot of hype, but it's crap. I kind of agree. I kind of agree with that. Um, it gets a lot of hype, but it is kind of crap, all things considered. It's like, oh, it's a smartphone, but then we get better smartphones, and we're like, yeah. So anyway, Motorola has launched the Droid X with Verizon, and I think that's going to be kind of interesting to see how this plays out. Now, this was a needed move by Apple as part of the universe of iPhone users as they want to keep it growing. So one analyst is coming out today talking about Oppenheimer and Apple. I own shares of Apple. They said the iPhone coming to Verizon in January 2011. Speculations emerged before. But barring independent confirmation, they're talking about it. So Oppenheimer says that they think Verizon as a carrier partner will allow Apple to sell, get this, 12 million additional phones in the U.S. annually. And that would translate to about $7 billion of revenue or about $3 of earnings per share. Now, Apple, I think, is cheap until it hits about $325 a share, and then it starts to get expensive. So just going to Verizon would add a stunning amount of revenue and a stunning amount of earnings elsewhere in the world of technology. And I just talked about this with Jessica a little bit with Cisco. I like Cisco. I said last Friday, in case I lose my job, I wasn't too thrilled with uh, the Monday replacement show, but it is what it is at this point in time. Um, one of the things I talked about was, was networking equipment and video. If I get hit by a bus, I want you to understand that I have a goal right now of delivering video news to you. I want to leave radio and television down the road, or I want to add video to radio. I know you're saying that's so 21st century of you. You know, I actually want to add writing and text to television. I know you're saying that's so 21st century of you. So Cisco Systems, they've got a new business tablet that's starting to kind of get a little bit of press. Now, you know about the iPad. You know, Google's coming out with something. I think it's called the Slate. HP has, maybe HP has the Slate and Google has some sort of pad. We don't know what it's called yet. But we know what Cisco's is going to be called. It's called the CIUS, C-I-U-S. And it's a business tablet. It's going to be chock full of various functionalities from virtual desktop integration. It's going to have full telepresence interoperability. It's going to high definition video streaming. It'll have real-time video, multi-party and conferencing, email, messaging, browsing, and the ability to produce, edit, share content stored locally or centrally in the cloud. Now, the firm that got their hands on one of these and the iPod, they said competitive products only due to the media aspects of the iPad and the on-the-go network focus of the CS. Now, based on successful partnership of Cisco and Vert, uh, VM, uh, VMW, VMW, why am I dropping the name of that one? Ah, oh, that's going to kill me. It's the cloud. Co- oh, VMware, VMware. So ultimately, with that integration, the infrastructure, it's CS. It's going to be based on on VMware's view, and it looks like a pretty hot product. Now, again, that's kind of the press release angle on it. Let me give you the Wall Street angle on it. Cisco entered into the business tablet market with the Android-based mobile computing device called CS. One analyst says the price is targeted at under $1,000 per unit. Customer trials starting in the third quarter of this year. 
limited availability in December 2010, general availability in first quarter 2011. Longer term, they wouldn't be surprised if the CS is sold in the consumer market. However, this is not the intent of Cisco's initial version. They think the market was surprised by Cisco's tablet announcement. But given the developments in the enterprise, they believe Cisco is well-positioned to capitalize on the trends in the workplace, the collaboration, and the rise of the mobile user. So iPad's going to have competition from Cisco. iPad's going to have competition from HP and Palm as they integrate and come out with an operating system. I just heard word about Windows 8, and what they're basically working on is a smaller, cleaner version that uses less power and is more applicable to tablets. Tablets aren't going away. Apple's going to get some competition in this tablet, and they're going to have to continue to improve. So I really wouldn't be the first go buyer of a tablet. I just think it seems a little bit too, you're supporting the, the company a little bit too much before the product gets refined. So I've talked to Cisco this break. I've talked Verizon and Apple. I want to talk one more company because it's in the news. And again, I'm going to give you the press release, and I'm going to give you the Wall Street angle. Maybe I should call this a segment. PR versus Wall Street. You know, because that's what, you know, I deal with. Later today, I'm going to be talking at 4 o'clock with Pam Moore on Channel 4 Cron, and she's going to go, oh, Markin had a bad day. I'm going to go, Pam, I told you a couple weeks ago, summer of discontent. So you almost have to remind media, like, we knew this, because the, the media gets caught up in the moment. But anyway, what the news really means. So Hulu has launched Hulu Plus, and it's a subscription service, and it's a joint venture between GE News Corp and Disney. Now, they don't have CBS in there. They're not going to have all the TV shows yet at launch. We Probably not. Now, they've launched a subscription online streaming video. And one company who instantly sold off on the news was Netflix. The accelerating subscriber growth at Netflix has been fueled by the popularity of its streaming video service, which is included in the company's core DVD by mail service. Now, analysts are believing that recent Netflix subscribers primarily use the streaming service, and those subscribers may view the Hulu offering as a substitute for Netflix potentially impacting Netflix's subscriber growth rate. Now, the difference between the Hulu Plus and Netflix is Netflix gets access to TV shows from, you know, a year and a half ago, maybe a year ago. They don't tend to stream things that we just saw last week, and that's where Hulu does incredibly well. Now, analysts are seeing Hulu Plus as a competitive risk to Netflix. Now, some are seeing it more so than others. Now, Hulu officially announced the widely anticipated paid subscription model. Now, they, they think it's competing digital streaming launches. Netflix has its subscriber base. Hulu is going to have to start with a new one at $8.99 a month. Netflix subscribers can get unlimited DVDs and unlimited streaming for movies and TV shows. So it's really tough to say that one product's going to replicate the other. So it's unlikely, according to one analyst, that the launch of a new you know, buy-mail DVD service is going to compete against Netflix near monopolistic position, given that Walmart exited the business. Blockbuster continues to lose subscribers. So Netflix is, Hulu's got something, but it ain't worrying the boys at Netflix, according to one analyst. Well, another analyst says, watch out, Netflix is priced to forward perfection, and here's come comps to competition. So sometimes Wall Street duels with itself. And you have to decide, is Hulu a competitive threat to Netflix, or can they work together? Can they maybe emer- eventually merge? Can, you know, will we pay for both products? Ultimately, if we do, we can kick cable out, that's for darn sure, because we'd have movies that we want ultimately a month after they're released in the theaters, two months after they're released in theaters. So why pay for HBO? You know, if you can skip a season of True Blood and watch last season's True Blood, boom, you got it right there with Netflix. So I see cable as a, a big loser in this. Again, I, I'm, a, I'm already off topic. 
I'm talking about Netflix and Hulu competing against each other, and I see Comcast as a big loser. Oh, my. That's all I have to say. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black and your money. It's 9, 10 a.m. You can find my group page, Facebook, I Hate Rob Black. An email is rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Rob Black and your money, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk right around the corner. Headline news. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 